A house is made of wood and stone, but only love can make a home. Welcome to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, helping you make your home into one you'll love even more. Here are your hosts, Dan Hansen and Betsy Thompson. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday. Happy belated 4th of belated July. Belated 4th of July. Yes, I was trying to think of mm-hmm. how to say that. Thank you for saving me. You're welcome. Notice... Did you notice anything new, different? Yes, I noticed how patriotic you are today. I am just your toe tapping. Your choice of music is yes. just the fife and drum. Yeah, you're really getting into this Fourth what? of July thing, what? aren't you? And I have a reason for it. Okay, but we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Oh, okay. But first, uh-huh. why don't you tell tell everybody? Yeah. About your little experiment with something you talked about a few weeks ago. Ah, yes. Um, I was out doing a little bit of weeding in a shaded area. I was about to move a hosta and thought I better get the weeds out before I move the hosta. And look down. You're about to move a hosta? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not figurative for anything, right? No. You're really just moving a hosta. Yes. Right. I was going to dig it out and move it to a different location. Oh, okay. But there were a lot of weeds, so I thought, well, I better get them out. And all of a sudden, I feel that, you know, undescribable pick. And it right in my arm, and of what? course there's a mosquito. Yes, mosquitoes. And I, thought, I would have said oh. the unmistakable whine in my ear, but then no, it it was like that you know needle jabbing your oh, right yeah. through the bicep. Um, I thought this is for the birds; they're just going to eat me alive out here. So ran to the porch, and I did in fact plant some bee balm in a pot. Bee balm. Bee That's balm. Really fun to say. Bee balm. Yes, that was closer than the lavender. Bee balm. <laughs> Yes. Um, I just snapped off a little branch of it, a little sprig. Sprig, let's say, yes, which is sprig. also fun to say. A sprig of bee balm. Yes, with a bunch of leaves, and I just rubbed it all over my arms, all over my legs, my back, anything where I was going to potentially end up with mosquito bites. Do you have and- monkey arms to reach your backs? You almost um, need, well, back. You only have one. Yeah, I but you only almost need one, monkey arms you. to do that. Um, No. Well, I had a shirt on, so it was really just up to my shoulders gotcha. and things did like that. Did it work? That's what everybody's just it hanging did. on your every word it for. It did. I did not end up with a single mosquito bite, and that is amazing because usually I attract mosquitoes like crazy. Right. So a few weeks ago, you talked about a bunch of natural mosquito repellents. Yeah. And this was your first opportunity to put it to the test, mm-hmm. and it passed with flying colors. Yeah, and I didn't smell like bug spray, which was a huge bonus. No, I smelled like bee smelled balm. like kind sweat of, and bee balm. Kind of lemony, almost. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a good smell. Yeah, I much so, prefer it to the other stuff. It was really cool. That was yeah. cool to hear that it worked. Yeah, I was it's very excited. It's fun to hear that we weren't incorrect in what we were recommending. <laughs> no, no, we were not. Now, uh-huh. what are we going to talk about today? Um, we're actually going to recommend some projects that people can do a few weeks ago. We talked about distressing barnwood or making your own barnwood. Which is really super fun. It is a lot of fun and it's super easy to do. Um, today we're going to talk about some projects that you can do that utilize that wood that you've distressed. Right. And we're also going to be in the studio with Derek Anderson from Amber Valley Construction talking about multi-generational living. But right. right now, let's get back to the music that started the show. To your very patriotic attitude Well, today? that's what's funny. Yankee Doodle, right? Yes, yes. It's the quintessential... Yeah, kids learn it when you're like in elementary song. school. Right. Yeah. And, and I remember that. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I remember... Yes. And maybe maybe I was just dumber than most of the rest of the children, um, which is entirely possible. Okay. Let's just leave it there. It's possible. <laughs> but anyway, every time we had to sing this little song, mm-hmm. in my head, I play through the line... I can't remember the line. Stuck a feather in Went his cap. Went to town riding on a pony. Yeah. Stuck a feather in his cap and called it macaroni. macaroni. 
made no sense to me. Makes yeah. no sense at all. All yeah. I could picture is he's running around with macaroni and cheese. On right. His hat. I think I think what most kids think that is the point. <laughs> right. Well, the thing is, mm-hmm. we did a little research, and again, maybe we're dumber than most. <laughs> maybe most of you already know this, but there's a whole history behind the song, and and yeah. there's so many interesting things. Like first off. Mm-hmm. The song, while it is considered quintessentially patriotic, right. was actually created for the opposite purposes <laughs> by the British, right? I mean, or yep. they, they took the song right. and put their own lyrics to it mm-hmm. to make fun of right. the colonists mm-hmm. who were at war, right. you know, because that's what you do. But anyway, so what does this mean? Yankee mm-hmm. Doodle. Kay. Well, first off, Yankee, of course. We know where that comes yes. from. Doodle was just meant to be some kind of country bumpkin. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where that that comes from. Yeah. So he goes to town, uh-huh. and he's riding on what, Betsy? A pony. A pony. Not a real horse. No. Remember a how many pony. How many times do I talk about riding anything, and it's always yes. a pony? Right. That's what I always yes, think Yes, it is. So yes, this- Generally it, a miniature pony. To, <laughs> 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 well, they're the only ones that I can get on <laughs> right. without needing a, 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 a standing, a box to get right, up on them. right. Anyway, so he's riding the town on his Shetland pony, uh-huh. and he sticks a feather in his cap and calls it macaroni, all yes. right? So that's where it kind of breaks down. Uh-huh. But what's interesting yeah. is that in Britain, in Europe, mm-hmm. there's this point where uh, this coming of age thing during mm-hmm. during this time period yeah. where young men or the young people would travel the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they a grand the, tour. Right, a grand tour is yep. what it was called. They will come back, mm-hmm. and now they're appropriating... Lots of different fashion elements that they've seen right. throughout their travels. And yeah. it's basically their way of demonstrating how worldly, how sophisticated mm-hmm. they are. Right. And the thing is, mm-hmm. what they did was they really, really dandied themselves up. Yes. Right? So great big wigs and big fluffy clothes. Uh-huh. I mean, picture the French Revolution stuff, the elite, the monarchy with right. all the makeup and the uh-huh. powder and the all of that. That's what they're starting to do. There's right. this movement mm-hmm. in britain right that the, this is happening mm-hmm. and it was very like shocking you know right. for, the, for the rest right. of the brits yes they see this group these young people what are they thinking fancy get up well anyway what they eventually came to be called mm-hmm. was the macaroni right i think part of it was because that was one of their favorite foods that they they came up with <laughs> right i think i read that yes anyway whatever the reason for the name mm-hmm. that's what they're called yeah so back to the song uh-huh. yankee doodle sticks a feather in his hat uh-huh he can't get all fancy right and he thinks that he's macaroni now he uh-huh. thinks he is the elite he he's thinks the, he's been on the grand tour and he's sophisticated right. it is a complete slam of who we are uh-huh. so that's that's where the song comes from right but what's really fun is this funny little twist, mm-hmm. this little irony that history has a way of bringing about, Right, is when Cornwallis surrenders to Washington at Yorktown in 1781, mm-hmm. he's greeted by the colonists <laughs> singing this song, because we adopted uh-huh. it at that point, right. and we completely appropriated it and threw it back in his face when they surrendered. Well, apparently How awesome is that? we appropriate a lot of songs because... If you think about, if you've ever heard the song that they play in Britain, God Save the Queen or God Save the King, depending on what they have, Mm -hmm. it's a song from like 1731, 1741, something like that. Well, if you think of patriotic songs and start singing to yourself, my country tis of thee, 
you will find that they have exactly the same tune. Did we steal that on purpose? Um. Well, the gentleman charged with writing the lyrics mm-hmm. to that song in 1831, almost 100 years after the tune was put out there, he did not know that that was the song that they play for British royalty. Oh, he didn't know. He That's did even not better. No. <laughs> so he yeah. just happens to okay. Yeah, he they was give he... him this piece of music and they say write lyrics for this and this is what he comes up with. Did they tell him to write a patriotic song? Yes, I believe so. Yep. And so then they somebody, had some school children sing Somebody it was and, aware. Yes. And somebody it was, was like for a fourth of July celebration, I believe, the first time they brought it out. So well, that is really fun. Yeah. So we like to take British songs and kind of, you know, Make them our own. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to take a couple Beatles songs and make those Yeep. the new Repcolite Home Improvement <laughs> Show theme songs. Might as well. Yeah. I'm a loser. <laughs> right? That's the first, That was my son's walk-up uh, song in baseball on the high school team his first year. Okay. That was the song he chose. I thought that wow. was brilliantly funny. Mm. Music. Uh-huh. Brings us all together. It brings us all around. Anyway, uh-huh. now, what do we got going on the rest of the day? Um, coming up after the break, we're in the studio with Derek Anderson talking about multi-generational living because it's something that is kind of a trend right now and you really want to know what you're getting into before you decide right. to do it. There are so many different things to think about. Yeah. And Derek is going to go through all of them mm-hmm. or at least some of them. Yeah. And on top of it all, mm-hmm. we've got a great giveaway coming up at the end of the third segment. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. Stick around. We'll be right back. Helping you turn your house into your dream home. This is the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, presented by Benjamin Moore on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And we're back. I'm back. Betsy, you're back. And yes. we have a guest with us. We do. A good guest. We've had the guest before. Yes. The guest, Derek <laughs> Anderson from Amber Valley Construction. Thanks mm-hmm. for being here. Glad to be here. Yeah, the last time we had Derek on, we talked about how he was a fall survivor. He fell down a 150-foot cliff, landed on a rock ledge, broke his ankles and his arm and his clavicle and all kinds of bones, and then spent a very long time laying in a hospital bed. And you were living with your parents, correct? During yeah, that so time? I was so out of could... the house. You know, I was in grad school at the time. I was 22 years old and uh, independent and uh, was no longer for a, an extended period of time. So that was a type of multi-generational living for a period of time. And then I guess that's what we want to talk about. My sister recently came to me and informed me that my mother's grand scheme is to have all three of her children live in the same house so that all of her grandchildren will be in the same house as her. And I thought that was absolutely insane. But apparently (laughs) it's a trend. Well, the lady who used to work in our office, Nancy, she now lives with her kids and her grandkids and everything. Is this a trend that's going up? I mean, I've never heard of it until now. I'm I'm just taking now as an opportunity to tell my mom and dad that I'm moving in. (laughs) I'm bringing all of my family with us and we will be living in your basement. Get ready. (laughs) Unless the upstairs is more comfortable, then we'll be there. (laughs) Either way. But multi-generational living, that is something... I guess until Nancy did that, yeah, I really hadn't ever thought about that. And I that. thought it was crazy, and now I find out my mom wants to do it. And Derek, you say a lot of different people are starting to see this as an option or a need. 
Right. So uh, back in the 1940s, actually 25% of the population of the United States lived in a home that was considered multi-generational. So when we talk about multi-generational living, what it's not is the millennial who you can't get out of your basement. That's not what we're talking about. Okay. <laughs> what it is is what I multi. Like that. I like that. It's not that. That's not healthy. It's not the kid who never left. <laughs> yeah. So what it actually is, it's a home including three or more generations of any age or two or more adult generations. And so what we see happening is as our demographics change, right, we have more older people now than mm-hmm. we used to. So back in 2000, uh, we had, I think, somewhere on like 31 million uh, people over the age of 65. Okay. By 2030, we're going to be over 70 million. So we oh, will wow. have more than doubled those numbers in 30 years. And so as we age and as the demographics age, needs for housing change, right? The, they can't build nursing homes fast enough and people mm-hmm. want to stay out of institutional living. So yeah. we have a couple options. We can, we can age in place. We mm-hmm. can grow older in our own homes or we can move in with family members. There's a lot of advantages to that, right? You get to be close to grandkids. Grandkids are awesome, I've been told. But, so you can, you can be close to grandkids. Also, also for care, right? So yeah. Junior and his wife can help make sure that mom is staying safe and is uh, not running into problems or, you know, falling. And, you know, just it takes away a lot of that worry that accompanies like right. our parents as they age. Even even medications, right? Is grandma, is mom taking her medications when she needs to, right? We can help supervise that. Uh, also, Free childcare, right? <laughs> Grandma's close by. So there's a lot of advantages for both parties. Well, I know one of the guys that we work with, he's been on the show before, Dave mm-hmm. Holt, lives yeah. with his, his mother-in-law lives with them, mm-hmm. right? They've got that set up. And, and yeah, that has worked out really well for Dave. In certain instances, he's got somebody who does the lawn. I Ooh. believe she does the lawn for him. That is pretty awesome. <laughs> there you go. And when see- I tell him I'm going home to mow, he says, oh, my mother-in-law's already mowed. <laughs> And then he acts like he's better than me. Well, he's better than me for other reasons, but not just that. So more and more people are doing this. Back in the 1940s, like 25% of the population was doing this. That number went way down to, like I think, around 12% in the early 80s. We're back up to, right now, around 20% of the population lives multi-generationally. Now, is that because... We have more older older people. Yeah, because you said the numbers have doubled. Demographics since. have changed. Yes, and so that is a lot of what we see going on. Is the demographics are really driving that? Uh, some things though haven't caught up to the reality of these changing demographics. So municipalities won't allow accessory dwelling units or another structure on the same lot that is often used in a multi-generational setup so that people can maintain privacy, right? So we're going to, we could build or utilize another structure, even an existing barn or something like that and modify that into a living space. Most municipalities are not on board with that at this time. So when we talk about some of the challenges of multi-generational living, it's some of the laws that really haven't caught up with the reality of the changing demographics. Well, and let's face it, when you put someone into a nursing home or assisted living, it is wickedly expensive. I mean, I've had a few people in my life have to go to a nursing home, and the costs are just astronomical. Is this a better use of our money? I mean, are we going to get more out of it? Is it going to save us money in the long run? Say if someone is 70 years old, (laughs) they have another 20 years to live. Is this going to save us money? $50,000 a year times 20 years, that, that becomes a big number. Right, and that can chew through a nest egg very quickly. I'm not here to say I can guarantee 
that it's going to come out. But the reality is, according to the National Association of Home Builders, people that are in the market for buying a home are willing to pay 20% more for a house that has some of these features, like the the in-law suite, mm-hmm. already set up in it. So people, if you're going to look to remodel or invest back into your home, you can have the confidence that if it's done well and if it's designed well, that you're going to be able to recoup those costs. So not only will you recoup your investment, you're also going to be saving on being able to keep that money out of the institutions and in your own pocket. So I use these round numbers, right? So what if $50,000 invested into your home buys you or your loved ones an additional, say, two years of safety, independence, and functionality in their home? Well, we've saved $100,000, give or take, right, Mm -hmm. on institutional living. We've invested $50,000 into our home that we're going to probably be able to recoup almost all of that if it's done well. Mm -hmm. So now, in in over a two-year time frame, that's a $150,000 swing. Now, again, I can't guarantee any of that, and a lot of it comes back to the design and is your home set up to be, can we make these modifications? But those are real numbers that we see. So it doesn't always take $50,000 either. I mean, you can Mm -hmm. spend more than that. You can spend less. What if uh, installing a curbless or a low barrier shower in the basement bathroom where there's an in-law suite enables grandpa and grandma to stay out of assisted living for an additional couple years because they don't have that big step that they're having to get over? That's not a very expensive modification. But it's one that really adds safety mm-hmm. and independence and well, functionality. And potentially can pay off in the long run anyway yes. when you sell. Because even if that's not something I'm interested in in the long run, if I'm going to move out, like you're saying, the numbers show, statistics show, that new buyers are willing to pay yes. for those features. Mm-hmm. And you know, we talked with Derek oh, about a month or so ago about universal design. Right. And about making our homes accessible for everybody, mm-hmm. you know, adapting to the changes that are inevitably coming. And, right. and that's some of what you're talking about here with getting the shower a certain way. If you're doing any kind of remodel work, you might as well dig into what things you can do to make sure that it stays accessible for more people. Right. For a longer period of time. For a longer time. period of time. It, it may pay off in the long run. As right. we age, our needs change, but our houses don't automatically change to meet those needs. And so when, when we're talking about the universal design and specifically living multi-generationally, we're going to want to build that design around adaptability in your home long term. All right. Now, I want to talk very specifically about multi-generational living, because there's a lot of stuff around there. There's a lot of things to unpack, I guess is the way you would say that, yes. before we let anybody unpack uh, and move in. Yes. We want to get some things figured out. Lay it all on the table. Do you have time to hang with us over the break? Let's Excellent. We'll be back in the studio with Derek Anderson, owner of Amber Valley Construction, in just a minute. Stay tuned. want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 106.9 FM. Well, Betsy, we're talking about multi-generational living, and you mentioned that your mother's grand plan is to get everybody, your entire family, living in the same house, under the same roof. Yes, which seems a tad bit crazy to me, I will admit. We're in the studio with Derek Anderson, owner of Amber Valley Construction, and we ran into Derek 
at the New Homes and Remodeling Show in Grand Rapids in January, and you put a presentation on, a lot of singing, a little bit of dancing. We thought that was pretty good. (laughs) But the whole thing was focused on multi-generational living. And you just mentioned in the previous segment how the demographics are changing, and we're starting to see more and more families starting to consider this as an option. Mm -hmm. And I guess my main question is when you talk about this to people, we can talk about the the things in our homes that need to change, mm-hmm. but there's there's other things too that we need to work on, and that's personalities and how do we maintain our privacy and still accomplish all of this? Yeah, those are fix wh- all of our problems for us, Derek. <laughs> in the next eight minutes, yeah, that's one of the main concerns with this, right? Because with family, typically comes drama. Mm-hmm. So how can we do this in a way uh, that we get everybody on board? Like, so for example, let's say grandpa and grandma are looking at coming, or mom and dad are looking at coming and staying with us, and this is going to be more of a long-term mm-hmm. kind of thing. Well. Mm-hmm. Mom and dad have the money. They're going to be financing this. Does that necessarily mean that mom and dad get to make all the decisions, right? Grandpa's a little stuck in his ways. Dad is a kind of a get-off-my-lawn kind of guy. <laughs> so how are we going to navigate those relationships, right? This is your house that they're moving into, but they're bringing the money. So those are very real life. Oh, my goodness. I didn't even think about that part. I was just thinking yeah. about my dad, and is he going to wear pants at night, or is it still underpants <laughs> like when I was little? I'm hoping it's pants. I didn't even think about navigating through the who's paying for what and who gets to make the calls. So those are real decisions and conversations that have to be worked through. we got to have open and honest conversations about this, right? So we talked about privacy, too. That's another big concern, right? So we still need to live our lives. You know, the kids have Mm -hmm. schedules with school and sports and extracurricular activities. And uh, is that going to mesh with Grandpa staying up watching the 11 o'clock news every night? Or going to bed at 7 o'clock. Right. And we're, we're, you know, my son last night at, I don't know what time, 7 o'clock. He decides he's going out. You know, and that's when dad's wrapping it up for the yep. day. That's because what? he wakes up at, what, 3 o'clock in the morning? Yeah, he has a full day. It's right. just, it happens Dan when everybody else is Dan has told stories of his dad being out shopping at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning. He's so. not a people. Well, he is a people person, but he <laughs> yes. likes to do things on his own. Right. But that would really mess with his schedule. Exactly. So those are conversations that we need to have, right? Because you could come in, you could spend fifty, hundred thousand dollars on a project, but if at the end of that you have a great functional space for everybody, but you hate but each other. we're completely dysfunctional within <laughs> that space. What was the point of that? How do we do that? So, at Amber Valley Construction, this is something you talked about at your at that new home. Yeah, I'm not a licensed show. counselor. <laughs> That's what I was just going to ask. Do you offer counselors? What, what do you bring to this? What does Amber Valley bring to this? So, we, we bring the building and the remodeling side of it to the table, but we are encouraging these conversations to be had, right? So, we're going to encourage you to read a book. Dr. Henry Cloud has a great book out called Boundaries that covers a lot of these issues. I would encourage you guys that are listening, that are considering something like that, to work through that book together. Like, let's have these open and honest conversations. Does Grandpa get to make these decisions? Does uh, Junior get to make those decisions? Like, these are questions that have to be answered in order for this to work. We want to maintain privacy. How can we do that within this space? What are our needs today? What are our needs going to be physically in three to five years? Because our needs change change as we age. So addressing all those things is super important to make all of this come together. Like I said, you could invest in your home in such a way that this was a great space, but if the relationships can't work with that, man, it just feels like we 
didn't get anywhere. No, that you absolutely got nowhere at all. Because mm-hmm. we're all kind of wanting to be on our own areas because we're sick of each other. All and right. I can definitely see that happening. There's definitely got to be some give and take in that mm-hmm. whole thing. So we work through that end of it. What? Okay, go ahead. Yeah, specifically, there's some things that can be done, like entrances, right? What if we could configure the space that grandpa and grandma, mom and dad had their own entrance in and out. They had their own mm-hmm. kitchen. They mm-hmm. had their own ensuite or whatever they, they specifically need. Could that we way- make it hooked to the neighbor's home if necessary? <laughs> of mom and dad, that's your space, but that's somebody else's house. No, that's your space. <laughs> the neighbor Go that will way. never yeah, notice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if we're talking about it in our own home, like we want to maintain privacy. That's yep. a huge thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, But we also don't want them to have to navigate stairs in order to do that, right? We don't want to have to have them. When I was, for example, when I was in a wheelchair after my accident, one of the most difficult things for me to navigate was stairs. Months, literally, after my accident, I had to go up and down on my butt just to be able to navigate (laughs) stairs. And as we age, stairs become increasingly difficult. So we don't want to set it up in such a way that the only way in and out of this is that they have to navigate Mm -hmm. a full flight of stairs. So can we get them a separate entrance that keeps them safe, independent? and functional accessory dwelling units. We call them ADUs. So an accessory dwelling unit is a detached structure from your primary residence that Wow, talk about privacy. Now we can come and go as we please, but we still have proximity to make sure people are safe. We still have potentially childcare for grandkids yeah. and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. But you were saying that the municipalities aren't necessarily down with that yet. Yeah, yeah, not yet. So those are some of the things that you know we apply for variances and we you know play the bleeding heart strings and try to have accommodations. I cry easy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a good advocate for this. Uh-huh. For anything. Just anything cut that your finger tears. a little bit and you'll start crying. All right. So there are ways around that potentially. Potentially, yeah. It's, it's Right now it's very case by case until some of these laws change. So Is that generally for an extra structure on the property yes. that you're trying to modify or is that adding on you know something to your main home that's a problem generally speaking it would be the detached structure that they're going to have the most issue with and even if it already exists, because you mentioned earlier, I think in the first segment, about a barn. Because I can yes. see putting my dad in a barn. <laughs> a nice barn. Yes. My dad's Are you going to apologize now? I am. My dad's you know he's listening. He's and your mom's me listening. a lot of grief over the course of my life. I well, can dish a little back. you deserve it. But even a, a structure like that, yes. we're talking about turning it into something that people live in is the issue. Correct. Yeah. That. I mean, if you want to pull your tractor in there, that's not a problem. But you start adding bathrooms and bedrooms and kitchens, then red flags go up all over the place yep. and we run into a lot of difficulty with that so those are you know before those are exploratory things that we would have to work with you on to, to discuss feasibility before you start chunking money at things now tell us i mean we've got just a little bit of time left you have to have seen in the work that you do some really good you know great outcomes Yes. Where you came into a house and you helped make yes. some changes. What are some, just give us an overview of one of those great cases. Yeah. So we did one just in the last year where grandpa, dad was aging, right? And uh, so he needed to move in with them just to make sure that the care was there, right? So we want to keep them out of assisted living. That's super expensive. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, 
Do you want to trust the care? I mean, there's a lot of great care providers out there, but at the end of the day, no one cares for you really like family cares for you, right? No right. one really has that connection right. uh, mm-hmm. that, that you're, like your family does. So, you know, we're able no to... No one will tolerate us quite like family Exactly. Yes. And in our, in, our, in our weakness, you know, there's, uh, there's tensions, but in our weaknesses, you know, to be able to come around and put a really genuine caring arm around you. Yeah. Uh, you know, this person changed my diaper when I was little. I can, you know, maybe I can change theirs now. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. like it's, it's, Someday. And it, within the last year, we, there was, a, like I said, there was a situation, grandpa's getting older, right? He, he needed a space to stay, so there was a two-room area. One was the laundry room, one was the bathroom. He was in a wheelchair. The bathroom was too small for him to be able to navigate in that space. So we combined the two spaces. Now the laundry room is part of the bathroom space. He's got room for his wheelchair. We install a low barrier shower uh, base in so that now he can safely and independently and functionally get into the shower. We made enough room for the toilet for there to be transfers there. So now, and then we install uh, waterproof flooring so that now we combine those two spaces, widen the door, right? So we're going to install a 36 inch door for him to be able to get in there with his wheelchair. Hey, now he can stay there with family, be safe and functional in that home for a long time. And one of the things, before we call this good, that I really think is important is that what you're talking about is working hard to make sure that this doesn't look institutionalized. Correct. Because sometimes we think of those things, the great big doors and mm-hmm. this and that, and it's yeah. going to look like a hospital area. Not so, right? Good design is universal, and that good design will take that universal design and hide it in the background. It's there. It's all around you, but you don't see it. Now, Derek, if our listeners have more questions about this and they want to get a hold of you or they want to get you out to the house to make some changes, how's the best way to reach you? Yeah, a couple different ways that they can do that. AmberValleyConstruction.com. Right there from our homepage, you can request a consultation. Just drop us a line and we'd be more than happy to have a conversation with you about this and helping you guys stay safe, independent, and functional, your family members in in their homes. Um, Or you can just shoot me an email, Derek, D-E-R-E-K, at ambervalleyconstruction.com. Excellent. Derek Anderson from Amber Valley Construction, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Now, earlier, Derek mentioned a book, Mm -hmm. Boundaries, by Dr. Henry Cloud. He recommended it for everybody who's thinking about starting this Mm multi-generational journey, odyssey, right? (laughs) (laughs) epic, who knows what. Uh But anyway, he recommended that as required reading. And so we grabbed three copies of that Mm -hmm. and want to give them away. Yeah, all you have to do is email us at radio at repcolite.com, and the first three people who do that, we will get you a copy of that book. Right, and it doesn't just focus on the multi-generational living no. as its core focus. Right. It talks about all kinds of different boundaries and all kinds of different relationships that we have and how right. to form them in mm-hmm. such a way that you're still a decent person, right. but you're still in control of your own life to some extent. Yeah. So We've comes, all been there. <laughs> yes. It comes highly recommended. Email radio at repcolite.com. The first three emails that we get will win a copy of the book. Right. Now, coming up after the break, we are talking about distressed wood and some of the really cool projects that you can do once you've distressed it. Stay tuned. want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And we're back. The Repco Light Home Improvement Radio Show broadcasting amazing quality content 
since 2017, right, Betsy? I mean, you sound really excited. How much coffee have you had? I've had zero coffee today. How is that possible? I don't know. I'm just eating the beans straight. <laughs> <laughs> they do have those chocolate covered yeah. coffee beans. Yeah, I know. I, I have had those before. They're actually not too bad. Yeah, I'm not a big fan because I didn't realize what I was eating. It's just like, <laughs> you know, you throw them in your mouth thinking it's something different and you thinking crunch them all like up. An and then M&M. that, yeah, that bitter mm-hmm. hits you. It's just like when you get a chocolate chip cookie and you save it all meal long and you bite into it and you realize it's raisins instead. Yeah, it's like the people who bring those, it's just a joke on everybody else, right? <laughs> I suppose so. So anyway, I'm pumped anyway, and ready to go. Um, We're ready to crank out more yeah. amazing quality content. Yeah, this is pretty... Crank away, Betsy. This is pretty good content, I would say. A oh, few weeks good ago... Grief. Pretty on, good. Pretty good? I just said it was amazing quality. And well, you I know, but sometimes you're back. a little bit over the top, you know? <laughs> All right. We have some set, mediocre stuff for you. Set their expectations low and far exceed them. That's, That's right. The goal Throw here. the slap on the plate, Betsy. Go ahead. <laughs> right. Uh, so a few weeks ago, um, back in April, episode 106 to be exact, we yes. talked about distressing your own barnwood or making it because sometimes barnwood is either hard to find or it's kind of expensive, expensive. to purchase. There are issues with bugs that yeah. you need to take care of and think Yuck. of ahead of time before you bring it into your home. Right. So we talked about taking new planks Mm -hmm. and we focus specifically on pine yeah because it's the easiest to work with yeah and turning them into truly distressed pieces of wood that look just like old barn wood and Mm -hmm. we used vinegar and steel wool and we explain the whole process it's very simple right you just go back to that episode and check it out but Mm -hmm. you put vinegar in a glass jar pop some holes in the lid put some fine steel wool in there Mm -hmm. and let it sit right if you don't want to use that mixture for distressing the wood Mm -hmm. You can use some stains that we made up. We've got yeah, a number of different yep. stains. You can get them at any Repco Lighter Port City paint store. Right. Either way, it was really fun. You got to go back and listen to that that segment. Right. Now, there's some really great projects to go along using that distressed wood. Well, we always said we were going to come up with a bunch of great projects to balance that episode out or that segment. Right. Out, and we never got to it. Right. Well, I've had a very long list just kind of lingering for a while now. So I would think that the top project for me and for a lot of people out there are farm tables, you know, like dining room or kitchen tables Mm -hmm. and potentially coffee tables. Farm tables are really popular right now. And so this is a great way to make your own and not have to go purchase one. And it's actually fairly simple to do. You just get some pine planks and we'll have some uh, plans in the show notes for actually creating the table. Right. For making the table itself. We're just talking about the distressing of the wood for the top. Right. And once you've created the table, you can distress away using all the things we talked about in episode 106. And And there are, yeah, so many different things you can do, you know, from using an awl to put wormholes in Mm -hmm. it, you know, hitting it with a wire brush. That is really effective. That's a great way to create a very significant tactile uh, distressing of the wood, which is really important to the process. Yeah, You know, absolutely. we've seen and we made samples where we took this vinegar solution, mm-hmm. which is really fun to work with because yes. it ages the wood in minutes. You just watch yeah. it happen. It's crazy. You know, the longer you let it sit, the the, the better it gets. Mm-hmm. But you do want to sample it. Right. But anyway, we did some planks just plain. Yeah. And they turned out all right. You know, yeah. they had that gray look. Yep. But they didn't look authentic. They didn't really look yeah. real. They looked like something you'd find in a department store made to look like old wood. Right. But when we went up and down the grain 
with a wire brush, mm-hmm. now we started to get that worn texture. Yeah. And that's where it really came together. Right. So look out there, see what you can find in your workshop or in the basement just to distress the wood a little bit. Use that solution on there. And then when you're all done, there are a couple of different things you can do. If you still want a little bit more of that old barn, you know, like the paint had peeled off or something, because, you know, barn wood, that's what mm-hmm. happens to it. Um, you can go around with just a little bit of paint here and there, put it on with a foam brush, and then go and sand it all just to leave little bits here and there to give a little bit of color. But the most important thing when you are doing a table like this, it's going to take some wear and tear. You want to be able to wipe it up when you're done, when somebody spills. Make sure you're putting a polyurethane over top of that to seal all of your hard work in because... Otherwise, you're going to have a mess on your hands when yeah, somebody you'll spills distress and you can't it in wipe another it up. way, which will distress everybody who's involved <laughs> in that distressing. Yes, sir. So we recommend a uh, soft gloss polyurethane. Yep. Now that's got a little more shine than you're probably aesthetically yeah. wanting, but it's right. going to give you the durability. Right. If you don't want to go that route, mm-hmm. there is a matte finish poly. Right. Repcolite has Mira Poly in both of those finishes. Yep. And the matte is going to be better than nothing. It's still going to yeah. give you some protection. Mm-hmm. Definitely gives you more of that flat, that matte look. Right. Which, you know, you'd come to expect from a matte finish. <laughs> right. But it gets you the look that you want, but not quite the durability. And that's how it is with almost any coating. Mm-hmm. The shinier yeah. you go, the more durability and washability you're going to get. Right. But it does pick up that sheen. So just bear that in mind. But you do want to make sure you top coat it with something like that. And we recommend Mirapoly. Right. Now, another great idea for using this distressed barnwood is creating a headboard. I've actually seen a number of these, you know, surfing through Pinterest and things like that. You can either leave it plain, you know, just putting the planks together and putting them behind mm-hmm. the bed. Or, again, you can do that uh, paint over top so it looks like some of the barn paint has come off. Or we actually did a little bit of playing around with some spackle. If you put yeah. it in there, it leaves a little bit of white. You just take a putty knife and a lightweight spackle and spread it in there and then scrape off all the stuff that's on top and it just leaves a little right. bit of white in the grooves. We need to explain that that, re- that only works when you've really distressed yes. it and created a right. physical Correct. texture. So yep. with the wire brush and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Now if you look online, they'll talk about using like a drill with a, mm-hmm. a wire brush wheel. Yeah, yep. Now that will work, but what we found is I thought it looked fake. Yeah. It looked I did way not like over the well. top. It did yeah. not look as authentic as just hitting it with a manual by hand mm-hmm. wire brush because you could control it a little better. Right. But with that texture, we would basically skim coat this white spackling into there and mm-hmm. like really pull it off with a wide blade putty knife right we've got those at the store yep and when it dried it really gave this look of old flaking mm-hmm. kind of white paint nothing right. nothing's flaking off it's buried in the texture right. but it really gave a cool look well and again and we added color to it we added paint yeah to it we did just to a little bit again a little more of that mm-hmm. painted look what we'd recommend is sample it sample yep. it sample yep. it yep. it was just a white lightweight spackling mm-hmm. we've got that at the store any repcolator port city paints and just mix a little bit of paint in with it and just test right. play with it before you get going on any of these projects make sure you understand the process mm-hmm. right and make sure when you're all done with everything that you're doing make sure you are coating it in a polyurethane because you're going to be able to want to dust it wipe it things like that even if you just go with the matte finish just to seal everything and keep that dirt out it's going to make it a lot easier just to wipe down when it comes time right anything other than a table the matte finish is great for yes. it's an oil-based yep. product easy to work with 
It yeah. looks very natural when it's done. Mm-hmm. We also have a water-based poly, Miraclear, yeah. that would work as well yep. on any of those surfaces. Right. That's only in a soft gloss. Right. And Betsy, that's it. That is. The time is over. If you want to check out this episode again, you can do so online at repcolite.com. Right. And make sure you're subscribing to the podcast because that's where you get our full interviews and all the information we left on the cutting room floor. Bonus material. Absolutely. I'm Dan Hansen. And I'm Betsy Thompson. Remember, if you're about to lose your DIY sanity, we can help you fix that crazy. And we'll help you make sure that the next time you're singing that little patriotic ditty, <laughs> you know what the heck you're singing about. <laughs> that would be wise. Thanks for listening. 